0: All right, man. Welcome to Pro777 Radio. This is episode 473. Jason Lingren is with me and Fortune D. St. Germain returns again to do a much requested question and answer. This is what we got. We got so many questions that we had to cut it off before the 11th. I apologize for that, but we can only handle what we can handle. Uh, If you do not hear your question read to Fortune, chances are It was one of two things. It was either a duplicate of which there were many. And so Rose narrowed them down so that we didn't ask the same question more than once. The other thing is we got a number, even though I asked for concise, and this happens every time, we got a number of rambling emails that didn't appear to have a question in them anywhere. So there's all that. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a stormy good morning. Cold and rainy here. Anyhow, Fortune, how are you?
1: I am well from the golden castle at the edge of the world where the rainbow begins. I come to you with a message of alchemy, infinity, and miracles, as always.
0: All right, there it is. I was going to inform you that Calliope has fell to the ground, actually crashed to the ground, but I guess you already know that.
1: Do the listeners know that
0: Calliope has crashed to the ground? I can hear the keyboards going now. <laughs> they'll hit Bruce Springsteen. They'll come up through Manfred Mann. And then they'll finally look up the word Calliope and they'll go, oh.
1: <laughs> well, just, just, just as good news to the listeners who may look that up on uh, the uh, Google search. Calliope is immortal. She is a goddess who had Zeus as a father. She is a virgin birth. And she also had Zeus as a lover who came down through the golden shower like Leda and the swan. So not only was Zeus her father, but she had relations with Zeus in a mystical way and also gave birth to a virgin child. So Calliope cannot be destroyed. She is immortal. She is a goddess.
0: Well, it's interesting, Fortune, just the, the idea of using Calliope at all and a song is kind of a nod to how far we've fallen. Very few listeners will probably recall that back in the day when we had these grand carousels with hand-carved horses, which are now worth a fortune, by the way, in the center of the carousel, or merry go if you will, carousel is probably more accurate. The music was created by a thing called a calliope, echoing back to a more elegant age. But if we don't jump in and get on these questions... We are not going to get through them. So it's all you, Jason. Here we go, Fortune.
2: Regarding relationships, are men and women, men specifically, monogamous by nature? Or is it a higher mind versus lower animalistic mind dynamic that truly separates the committed man from the playboy? Uh, well,
1: let's start out here. Man Um and female are different charges. One is yin, one is yang. So uh, light, dark, male, female, you know, dark night, good, bad, uh, and they complement each other. So if it is a holy union with two people, and the union is not made uh, in a ritual ceremony. So if it's a holy union where people, two people genuinely love each other, and each one is bringing giving to the relationship. And the uh, marital and sex act are just metaphors of true love. So you, you marry someone because you really care about them and it's two people wanting to give. And the sex act is a metaphor. So even though it's physical, uh, remember, everything we're living in physicality is basically a representation of our spirituality. So if it's two people getting together in love and wanting to share and give to each other, that is a divine union and you're married in the eyes of the universe or the divine or whatever word we choose to give it. Men tend to be women, uh, they say are nesters, and men are warriors, which there is a good truth to that. But remember, you are here to experience physicality, so nothing that you are going to touch outside of yourself is either bad or good. You're going to make it bad or good. What you do with it is going to be what you bring to it. So if you meet in a hotel room and you bring the girl up from the nightclub downstairs and you're going to have your way and then, you know, you get what you need out of it. And, uh, you know, you salute and go on your way and, uh, you took everything and gave nothing. Uh, that's who you are. You're a taker and a user. If it's two people who meet in the bar downstairs and each one has, uh, they say, an itch that needs to be scratched and they go upstairs and they know they're never going to see each other again, but they're going to share a few moments or a few hours or a night together where each one honors the other one because each one has this need uh, of lust or passion or they just can't be without each other for the moment and each one gives to the other, even though it's in lust and desire and they leave knowing they're never going to see each other again. That's actually all right, because nobody is taking from the other. Each one is giving to each other and making sure that each one leaves with something. Um, And then there's, you know, the highest form where two people love each other and want to give to each other and take care of each other. But uh, just as uh, the male, can be a warrior. Um, some males come in and they are total warriors and some other males come in. It depends what the pendulum is. We, we all in our own selves have male and female, but once you marry um, and you, you're in a relationship with a woman, she'll do her best to calm down the male warrior part of you that goes out and wants to make love to the world and if you do do that and you're in a relationship with a woman, you'll be lucky if she doesn't become a warrior and kill you. But we, these are our spiritual lessons. So um, sometimes women need to be more um, stand up for themselves and more warriors because they, they need to have more sun, more strength, because women tend to be nurturers and they tend to stay in relationships and try to make it work till the very bitter end. And then there's the male aspect, you know, which is, as we say, the hunter, the warrior, the breadwinner. And there, 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 tends to be that part where men tend to be dirty buzzards, but that's nature getting involved. See, those are your hormones. And especially when you're young, that's the way the race props propagates and uh, perpetuates itself. So, um, That part of the male, especially in youth, where he's flowing with testosterone and wants to go out and impregnate the world, drop your seed and go on to the next one, that's nature. And uh, your hormones are also fooling you in youth. So when you are in youth, especially as a male, uh, you tend to think you're in love because the hormones are racing and it gives you all the, uh, the growth hormone, the testosterone and all of the good stuff that's flowing in your body. So it's nature's way of tricking you. And that's also for a female when they're younger. So when you get to be a little older and your hormones start to uh, slow down, you can see uh, behind that illusion of youth uh, what the reality and what is even more important. So as we get older and uh, that part of us fades, uh, we're in the childbearing years, and those hormones that make us restless and make us aggressive and make us want to go out and make love to the world, uh, we start to see the reality as we get older. And hopefully, we all get older. And as we get, hopefully, we get wiser as we get older. But that's not a guarantee. That's up to you individually.
0: All right. The part of what stuck out there for me is, did you take an oath? Is there an oath involved? But fortune, bear in mind, we have seventy-four of these. So go ahead, Jason.
2: What are Fortune's plans after he leaves the physical realm? Will he come back, stay in the void, and choose to create or ask to go home? Uh, I'm staying in the void.
1: So, when, whenever that happens, uh, I'll give, since uh, our, our good friend, Young Crow, talks to Old Owl here uh, in private conversations uh, in ungodly hours of the night when the world is asleep. I'll share something with the listeners. There's a good part of me that does not want to be here to see what's going on. And I question why I was prolonged and kept here. So I have a different problem than most people. There's a good part of me that wants to go, but I'm not allowed to go. So I'm being kept here for a reason. But when this does uh, finish, uh, whatever you know time I'm uh, ordered to be here for, because the higher one goes on the spiritual ladder, you get assigned to do um, work for others that can't. You get assigned to cleanse general darkness for the world. You also get assigned uh, at the higher levels to suffer for other people who can't do the suffering on their own. So I am a prisoner here until um, I am finally let go. and. You know, there are days uh, and don't fool yourself because from the people who are the lowest spiritually to the people of the most advanced on earth, there are days when we all want to be here and think it's the greatest thing and other days when it's a little too much. So I am being kept here for a reason and I know what that reason is. But when I do leave, um, I will be in the void to create and I will stay there till I get to create that, uh, which I am happy with. But when you're in that void, you're all alone. And it's the most silent, dark place that you can ever imagine. So you have to be brave. And you have to know, for those who choose to do that, um, where you're going before. And remember, we talked about this in other episodes. So in asking uh, Dr. Fortune here a question about himself, you before you die you are supposed to bless your life thank for the thank for the blessing of it look at it as something that was good make peace with those that you are leaving behind forgive everyone ask for forgiveness and you are supposed to leave behind remembrances and uh, patrimony some sort of uh, beneficence and benevolence to others uh, so that you can make their lives easier. And when you fulfill all of those, uh, they're not requirements, uh, but you fulfill all of those things uh, that I have just mentioned, it will help you greatly on your way when you pass over uh, out of physicality into uh, formlessness. And when you're in the void, that's pretty formless. So you better... um, if you get scared and you want to jump out and you you know want to uh, end it shortly, uh, it will end. And then you don't finish your creation of what it was. Uh, and you have to be prepared to stay in the void as long as it takes uh, for you to achieve that which you wish to do.
0: Every time I hear you talk about this, it, it makes me consider all the media that I've been exposed to that tells the dying or dead person, go into the light. Uh, And then I consider what it means to be afraid of the dark. But go ahead, Jason, we better keep burning here. We're never going to get
2: through 74 of these. I believe that my tinnitus has been caused by taking the Twinrix Hep A, Hep B vaccine. I've tried R191 for a month, and it seemed to get a little better. Is there another formula that can be used?
1: There is a general tinnitus remedy that has to go, uh, it begins with a T, and as we're speaking, Theridian, you can try, and there's another tinnitus remedy. Uh, I think it begins with a T, and I don't have it on the tip of my tongue right now, and I'm not near um, my, if it comes to me, I'm thinking, this is basically something to do uh, with a neuromotor problem. But I will tell you this, If you cleanse heavy metals, a lot of the tinnitus that's happening in the world today and the rise in it has to do with frequencies. So if you cleanse your body of heavy metals, try drinking uh, a glass of distilled water in the morning. Uh, If you can get the EDTA, uh, it's called EDTA and 10X, and that's a homeopathic formula. Any one of the homeopathic houses will have it that cleanses heavy metal out of the system. So that um, Meniere's disease or tinnitus, um, the rise in it is based upon um, the frequencies many, many times, I'm not saying always, and I've been reading up on that lately. So the less conductive your body is, the less heavy metals you have in your body, the less conductive you will be. So if someone takes a live wire and puts it live electric wire and puts it in distilled water, you won't be electrocuted because it's the minerals in the water that um, will uh, you know, electrocute you that are conductive. So the less metals you have in your body, and we're living in a toxic environment, the less uh, charged you will be. But I would like to know when that problem with tinnitus came on and what the whizzing in the ear is like, if you've always had it, Um, when it came on, what happened at that time. Uh, But uh, uh, if you can, uh, whoever you are out there, email um, the Crow Show and uh, they'll get the question to me and I'll give you a list of homeopathic remedies that you can use specifically for that.
0: Are you of a mind that to help clear heavy metals out of the body that the coffee enema is a good way to go?
1: Well, the coffee enema is absolutely fantastic. And then when you combine it, not everyone's going to do that. So we we talked about this. It takes a certain mindset. The coffee enema, and you can combine that with your own urine, a quarter of your own urine, or if the coffee is really strong, half of your urine. Uh, You should leave it in for 15 minutes to a half hour. And it's not to stimulate a movement. It's to clean out your liver and your body. So if you want to throw into the coffee enema some iodine, like 10 to 20 drops, and you want to throw in some DMSO, uh, you got a real winner there for body cleansing, but you're going to stink for two to three days. So if you're going to do the enema with the uh, urine, uh, that's great, and you throw in the iodine. But if you throw in the DMSO, which will make it much stronger and uh, deeper uh, in its effect, you're going to stink for a few days.
0: All right. And I, I, it goes without saying, if you don't know about DMSO, don't use it. By the way, Jason, I'm drawing a blank. Who's, our, Amanda who's Volmer? our doctor? Yeah. Amanda Volmer publishes a little book about DMSO and DMSO safety. And it matters. You don't want to be putting this stuff in plastic and other things. But um, we better keep burning, Jason. We're... We're barely denting the the stack here.
2: At the late age of 35, I experienced my first death in the family. My grandmother passed away on the day of my birth, February 18th. There was a very bright full moon that night, and for about a month straight, my grandmother would come into my dreams. Each dream felt like I was seeing her not as my grandmother, but more as a person showing me her past lives. There were dreams of my child neighborhood with her, but her role as my grandmother was not present. My last dream of her, which puzzles me the most, is that I saw her as a very sick old lady with no home, living on the streets. I walked up to her crying and tried to embrace her. I believe in that particular dream. She knew who I was. This has been circling my mind for some time. Did she cross over? Is she back here? Is she doing well?
1: When we have dreams from our loved ones, and we often do, They are messages, and you're being told. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, They show you things the way they see it on the other side, because once you leave this plane, many times things are exactly the opposite of where they are. So they are coming to you from the fifth dimension, and usually in dreams, when your consciousness is more open and your you know your ego is at sleep, so that's why it's much much easier to contact you at the sleep time and the soul also travels at that time. So uh, she's basically telling you that the soul is immortal because we are all compilations of other times and places. And uh, many or most of us, I would say, have lived not only in the past, but have also lived in future times. And no one is ultimately anything. Uh, But the fact that when we get visitations and messages like this, uh, when you see somebody like that, uh, and it's your grandmother, uh, it's telling you the message is when you see somebody like that, have all the compassion you can as you would have somebody for a, as you would for a member of your own family, because everybody here with you is basically family. So remember that each of us is part of the whole. The person and everyone in your family, or the stranger on the street, we are all part of the greater whole. We're basically all parts of God's energy, just as you have cells in your body that are all part of your greater whole. We are all part of the greater whole here. So the message is that even though uh, it looks like your grandmother have Compassion on all people that you see at that time. Um, have that kind of compassion for the rest of the world that you uh, would see in your grandmother. And remember, as we say, no one is ultimately anything. So, your grandmother as a young woman was a different person as an older woman, and your grandmother in a different life uh, was a different person than in this life. It's all a learning experience which never begins and never ends.
0: All right, for the next question, just to be clear to everyone listening, Uluru is the proper name for the big red monolithic rock in Australia, which was improperly renamed to be, I think it's Ayers Rock. Anyhow, go ahead, Jason.
2: What is the spiritual significance of Uluru in Northern Territory, Australia? Everybody
1: in every religion um, across the world at all times has uh, various various monuments or, or holy places. So I would say to you that this was probably used as a place of a long, long time ago that was considered a worship place by the Aborigines as something special. But let us go one step deeper here. It is true that there are vortexes on the planet, energy vortexes uh, like Giza, Uh, Lake Titicaca, which we know as Machu Picchu, Sedona, uh, Jerusalem, uh, Chakra, uh, Ley Lines, uh, and some of these places have much stronger energy than others. But at this special time, which is also a very difficult time and a time for chaos, I must stress to everyone listening uh, to this broadcast that all places are holy and all moments are perfect. So uh, as traveling is drying up in the world right now, and it's becoming harder and harder to get from one place to another, you're going to, uh, you know, have to make wherever you are the holy. It's already every, all places are holy. So if, if people get together, such as in a church, or they get together around a sacred rock, which has um, maybe, it's on top of a ley line and or a vortex at the same time, and there is more energy there, and then so many people get together with one mind to focus on of being of what the Christians call one accord. It, it makes it easier um, and more powerful. But ultimately, If you know what you're doing, as we've talked about in my uh, speeches and lessons on alchemy and past broadcasts, you will know that where you are is the holiest place in the world, and the moment that you're in is the holiest and most perfect moment.
2: I have had some experiences where I could see what I can only assume are auras, a beautiful mist of colored energy around people and animals even in videos and on pictures on a phone or computer that I cannot normally see. They appear to be as clear and real as any material object appears. What are some ways I can practice enhancing this ability to be able to experience this all of the time? As
1: we've spoken about in previous broadcasts, everyone has one of the three, uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. And some have all three. And the more you meditate, uh, and as I said in the proper way, Twin Hearts Meditation by Master Kok Sui, and a daily act of charity and your um, soul desire, your soul craving to um, advance spiritually, your uh, psychic gifts, as we call them, uh, of hearing, sensing or seeing will become much, much stronger. That is divine law. So the more your vessel opens up into divine service, and uh, which is basically loving your brother and loving creation, these uh, talents that you came in with uh, open up and you see more and more uh, and feel more and more. But you also have to be prepared that when you start getting to that point, Your life is going to change and you're not going to relate to too many other people uh, because you're going to be seeing things as uh, the universe sees them and not as they're seen here on planet Earth. So be careful what you ask for because many people who do do achieve higher forms or extreme forms of one or all three find themselves very, very isolated uh, from other people.
2: I have a large kidney stone, six millimeters, that hasn't passed in over a year. I've been taking Flomax since this summer, and I really want to get off it. But without it, I have difficulties urinating, making life miserable. The urologist that I'm seeing wants to do an ureteroscopy on me to destroy my stone. I'm very nervous about the procedure, anesthesia, as well as having to take a COVID test beforehand are there any alternative ways to pass a kidney stone?
1: Uh, You can try uh, Recoeg formula number seven, I think it is. Look that up. Do you need me to look it up? uh, That's kidney, Recoeg formula number seven. And dear friend, email the crow program and tell them uh, that you have the stone and I'll give you some of the homeopathic remedies. They'll email you and tell you what they are. But if you if you could get um, a very, very refined, not refined, but pure form of the cranberry juice um, that's not processed, that would help greatly. And uh, I'm trying to think. The RecoWeg formula might help very, very much. And sometimes things progress by, you know, beyond the time where we have to go for an operation or have to go for something. So don't necessarily rule that out. But uh, with a very, very uh, pure form of cranberry juice, remember, not processed, and uh, it's very, very inexpensive. You can try that for a few days to a week and see where you go then you can go ahead with the um, homeopathic Rickerweg formula. And that might do wonders. And uh, please, if it does work, w- email so I can get you the uh, homeopathic remedies for this. Um, uh, some of the others, other things that I've mentioned. And if it does work, please let them know that you uh, you know, were healed uh, naturally so that we can know you didn't need the operation.
0: All right. I did a quick look up. R7 is listed in the list that you know I use, liver and gallbladder conditions and drainage, whereas R18 is listed as kidney and bladder conditions drainage remedy.
1: Well, if he can get both of those and combine them, that should be a very, very good starting point.
0: To be clear, I just said R7 and R18, R18. R18, And Fortune is recommending to combine those. We've talked about how to do that in previous episodes. Again, you can email Rose. Go ahead, Jason.
2: What are some of your ideal foods to consume or your favorite meals? Uh,
1: Some of you out there might be familiar with a book that was called Eat Right for Your Blood Type um, by uh, Dr. Adamo. And that's a long time ago. I think that's 20 or 30 years ago that book was out. Uh, and that's a nice, nice book that talks about uh, food for your blood type. Some of you can also do food combining. Right now, I'm pretty much, for myself, uh, going on some fasting and doing some purification and very, very low carbs. So I'm eating a lot of fish. Now, when you bless your food and you do it with a good intent, All food is sacred. So, whatever you put inside your body and you bless it, that helps a great deal. Like the water experiments where um, Dr. Emoto, when we bless the water and it changes because water has a, it's one of the most spiritual, if not the most spiritual, pure liquid in the world. So, even when the water is um, dirty or polluted, and there's very little pure, clean water left on the surface of the planet the food that we eat changes, the vibration changes when you bless it and you eat in a sacred way. So all food is sacred. And uh, if if you don't enjoy something, it's not going to be good for you. So the the food you enjoy the most, uh, and let's not go on the candy and soda diet, but the food that you enjoy the most, uh, legitimate food, is the food that um, many many times is best for you as long as you're not you know allergic to it. So what I enjoy and is good for me may not be you know the best thing for you. There there are gurus uh, in the Himalayas, Hindu gurus and yogis that live on their own urine and goat's milk and, and maybe a piece of fruit that falls from the tree occasionally uh, and. They're as thin as can be and they live inordinately long lives. Uh, But that's more because they're connected uh, spiritually and they're in tune with the uh, higher vibrations. But uh, pick things that you enjoy the most because uh, if I go out for a lobster dinner and have a glass of champagne, that might not be the thing that's best for you. Uh, And uh, whatever's the best for you, uh, I might not. So these, these are just recommendations, but bless your food, whatever it is, and uh, eat it with the greatest joy that you can. And then the vibration of the food changes. And no matter how polluted the world becomes, and we're in a very polluted, toxic state in almost every way, shape, and form, uh, you have a winner there.
0: Look at modern TV, I'm still looking to make fun of a family sitting down at the table and saying a prayer and blessing their food before they eat,
2: um, I can think of a couple modern examples. Anyhow, let's let's keep pushing, Jason. Why is potassium important, and what is the best way to get it in your system?
1: Well, everything's depleted today, and potassium, like magnesium, does many many things. So, if we're going to talk about these things, uh, potassium, magnesium, calcium, which are all important and then some other things to vary, and, and vitamin C, throw that in as well. What you're basically buying when you buy in the health food stores, so you have to know what you're buying, is we're, we're all buying synthetic forms. of. When we take the vitamin C, it's, it's synthetic processed vitamin C. You are getting the vitamin C, so you will be getting the potassium. You just have to make sure you're getting potassium in the right uh, form and uh in a in a genuine pure form uh as uh uh Mr. Crow knows he has a friend that makes some of the purest minerals on earth. Maybe you want to tell the the uh, listeners about that for a moment,
0: yeah, that would be Clive de Carl if he doesn't carry it i'd i I'd be surprised if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, he can tell you what's what, and there is a world of difference between say going to CVS and buying one of like five different kinds of magnesium you can choose from and going to Clive and getting one that's been hand selected to be easy to ingest and absorb. I don't go a day without it. My point is contact Clive and and ask him about where you can obtain a way to put potassium into your body. And by the way, for the next question, Fortune, I did the RecoWeg lookup. If you're interested, go ahead, Jason.
2: Could you please give a specific natural protocol on how to shrink an enlarged prostate? Uh,
1: that is, that's, that's an easy one. Prostatitis and an enlarged prostate, that is, are we on Recoeg 25? 25. 25. Yep. And that also, that is a miracle formula that many, many people have used. And they said that was the only thing that helped with prostatitis. Now, just to give people a little, I don't know this herb. The herbalists in the East, the Chinese herbalists say that the prostate and a swollen prostate is from a bacteria and they treat it as a different way. And I'm not a Chinese herbalist, so that's out. And I'm not an Ayurvedic person, so that's, I leave those to the experts there. However, just to let everyone know that we do get older and years ago, when you had a swollen prostate, uh, we're talking 1960, 1970, um, and even if it was cancerous, the doctors said cancer was slow acting and you're an older man. And uh, you, know, you, had a good, you had a good run at it, Sonny, and now you got older. Uh, take up golf as enjoyment and stop thinking of women. Spend time with your grandchildren and your wife. Take her out to supper. And you had a good run, but, you know, so unfortunately or fortunately, however you depend on looking at it, in this area of the world now, in most of the world, the prostate is going to swell and get a little swollen, more swollen as we get older. And there are a lot of things that aren't working like they used to or they should work uh, in youth. But uh, that RecoWeg formula is a very, very good starting place. And I say to this person listening, let us know how you do on the rec formula. And if you need any extra help, uh, email the Crow Program and uh, their helpers, and I will get you some other remedies that you can take to help shrink that further. So uh, just let us know how this works and how you're doing, and we'll get you some more advice on that if you need.
0: All right. So the recommendation was R25, RecoWake 25. Fortune, I would add when I did the lookup, the only other one that lists prostateitis is R1 for inflammation, fever, and infection.
1: Because that has certain things that help shrink. So for inflammation. Would you combine the two? Well, uh, you, you can, you, you know, you can do that. Um, I would just, I would do the prostatitis, the R25 four times a day for a week or two, and then uh, you could try the other one separately, and then maybe after a two or three weeks, you could combine them. But I would do one at a time, the R25 for a week, four times a day, and then go to the R1, and then afterwards, you could combine them. Uh, and also, if you want to work on things for swelling and shrinking, the homeopathic formula, Scrofularia is the one that shrinks. So anytime you have a swelling or that is the genuine scrofilaria nodosa is the one that shrinks swelling and inflammation. That's the main homeopathic formula for that.
0: All right. I assume, Rose, you're listening. Let's try to remember to get the unitedremedies.com rec-awake lookup guide in the comments for this episode. Go ahead, Jason. We're going to have to pick up a little steam here, or we are going to be far from completing this list.
2: Regarding blood types, what is the difference between them all? Why are there different types, and what part does Rh factor play?
1: The O or the O is an older blood type. That was uh, from our time as long, long ago. They call it the caveman or the hunter-gatherer blood type it's the universal donor and it's less efficient. We go to the other ones, uh, the A's and the B's and uh, the various combinations, which are the more modern, more efficient blood types. And the RH blood types that you have out there, um, I know that uh, many people uh, think that because of royalty and blue blood in certain uh, elitist circles, you don't want um, RH because if you do have that, it opens up the door to many, many uh, health problems that you really don't want. You, you, you will have health problems. It's like, let's do this. Sickle cell anemia. When you look at the Africans that had the sickle cell, that, that sickle cell is like a silver moon. And because the cell had collapsed in on itself, it kept the Africans in those areas from getting malaria, but it came with a dual-edged sword. The other side was that there were health problems related to it. So, whatever people are telling you from the mystical or uh, other forms of corrupted mystical circles about the blue blood or the royal blood or the Rh negative, uh, you don't. It has health problems that are inbuilt and associated with it that you really would not enjoy having.
0: If you are RH positive or if you have the rhesus factor or if you don't have it. So so are you saying that you're going to have issues RH positive or RH negative?
1: I don't I don't think you want any of it. I mean, there are people out there with these things uh, and these forms of blood. Um, and as uh, our good friend, Young Crow has pointed out, he has a scientist that is working on uh, various types of blood that are blood typing outside of the current blood spectrum that uh, I was unaware of. However, you don't want uh, the Rh blood type in itself, whether it's negative or positive, has health problems and risk factors associated with it. That if you have, you really don't, you really wouldn't want that type of blood.
2: All right, I see. Go ahead, Jason. Given the power of voice backed by intent, what words would you recommend someone to use whilst standing in honor and maintaining free will should unsavory characters come calling? We've gone through
1: this before. Now remember, um, outside of third dimension, there is no speech. So uh, uh, you'll get into the higher forms and dimensions, and there's only intent and formlessness and greater forms of formlessness and, uh, more intent, uh, more light and less form. Uh, so when we talk, uh, and live on planet earth, which we said to, um, before, and for those people that are hearing this, this is a speedy, but a raucous classroom. It doesn't have to be that way, but this is a raucous classroom. So, it would be uh, like the teacher who comes in the first day of school and the 30 students are there flying, you know, dancing on the desk, swinging off the chandeliers, and it's just total mayhem of bedlam. So we live in a raucous classroom, uh, and uh, the, the most fervent prayer is the one in, made in the uh, deepest recesses of your heart with the softest voice and the greatest intent. So uh, the great story is that the greatest prayers are made in the oldest, smallest church or synagogue where the poorest people congregate in the darkest hours of the night. And there, there seems to be a great deal of truth in that um, because it's it shows humility. Now, We get to the essence because I know that the um, listeners like when I bring the stories in in order to answer the question at the end. Blue is the color of disconnect. So everybody in your meditation, at least once a day in the morning, especially when you start the day, I am your path, I am your ways, and divine mother, father, or you say the supreme God, I am your path. I am your ways, and I am your truth. And you are the supreme God, my mother, father, and I am one with you in truth and faith every divine and infinite moment long. The color is blue. It is a um, tornado, counterclockwise going down. You can do it up as well. So counterclockwise up and down, if you can do it at the same time, while saying that mantra, you breathe into your heart, the color. Um, Actually, you'll breathe in through your root and your crown chakra and you'll mix it in the heart. And then uh, when you are doing it to yourself, you breathe out and you do the tornadoes up and down in a counterclockwise circle while saying the mantra. And if you do it a second time where you bless Mother Earth with the same disconnect, Mother Earth and all humanity, Just as you disconnected yourself from all negativity, past, present, and future, uh, that makes it much stronger because uh, you're just not thinking of yourself. So, and you can do that in any moment. And also remember, in this world, nothing has a value unless you assign it, it's all neutral. So, if you don't fear it and you don't judge it, it cannot hurt you. So, everything only has a value to which we assign to it. So you as an individual, if you place no judgment on it, no value, and you don't fear it, it cannot hurt you because one particle of God's energy need not fear another. Go to old
2: Kemet, Jason. Why did the ancient Egyptian civilization collapse?
1: The ancient Egyptian civilization was Uh, goes back quite a a long way to the reign of the gods, which we know were when the Atlanteans, the last of the Atlanteans came after their destruction. Um, And that was where they brought great wisdom. That is how um, the ascended master, Tehote, or some people call him Toth, T-H-O-T-H, and the Emerald Tablets, So uh, all all of life has its cycles, beginning, middle, and end. Uh, Birth, uh, and then we have uh, the the flourishing, and then we have old age slash death. So that is the cycle. That is the OM, A-U-M, beginning, middle, and end. Uh, Creator is Brahma. Uh, Vishnu is preserver and Shiva is the destroyer. That gives us the OM, the eternal cycle, uh, which is actually not end, but end is rebirth in itself. And when we talk about the Egyptians, they petered out. Remember, Cleopatra was the last dynasty of Egypt, uh, the Ptolemies, but they were Greeks. That city of Alexandria and that last pharaonic dynasty was Greek. So somewhere um, around 400, the Egyptians had already petered out by that time and they had a good run of a few thousand years but all civilizations rise and they flourish and then they they die of their own accord.
2: And for the last question for hour one, did you watch the moon landing and did you think it was real?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the moon landing it's as real as any of you watching it wish it to be. There you go. That's, that's, that, that's, I'll,
0: why, I'll, that's I'll, why it works, <laughs> right? That, there, he, he just disclosed the power of media <laughs> to everyone listening. There it is.
1: So uh, when, uh, when you turn on that television, it's as real as you think it is. That's all I'll have to say about that. We are living in a very, very special place. Uh, I, I will leave you I will leave you on this for the first hour and that bit of humor let's do it this way the only, and on, and on that being as real as you want it to be the only problems that exist in heaven are those that people dream up for themselves but in heaven no one dreams up any problems so earth is the same as heaven the only problems that exist here are those that we dream up for ourselves or those that we create. And, and, and the smallest man is bigger than the greatest problem. That's one of the promises and the divine sparks of our soul that we can overcome anything. But on the moon landing, my friends, I'll give you the hints without saying it. Just take it as comedy.
0: What did Obi Wan Kenobi say about media? I think he said it had a powerful effect on the weak minded. Anyhow, yes. <laughs> Jason, there we are at the top of the hour. Is there anything you want to get in? There's a couple things I want to get in, um, and I know Rose is listening. We're going to in the top comments for this episode. Of course, that's for membership. We're going. To, I'm going to put again the link to the recaway list that I use when I'm trying to follow what fortune's laying down. And we will put a link to Fortune's book, which like four or five episodes ago, someone dug up and found Fortune had actually forgotten about it. But we'll put the link to that. Jason, anything you want to add?
2: No, we got through 14 questions and there are plenty more to go. So we'll see you on the other (laughs) side.
0: Yeah, we better put the pedal to the metal in hour two or we're going to have like way more than a show left over. With that, I'm going to bring hour one of episode 473 to a close. Uh, the first hour is free to everybody at pro 7 That crrow 777 C-R-R-O-W-7777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full episode, the ability to get into comments. By the way, the movie Shoot the Moon is free to all membership. And I think that's about, about it. We're going to regroup here, come back for hour two with Fortune to Saint Germain. We have so many questions left. And with that, I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. Cheers.